Hello, welcome back to the Shaman Files. I have been on the road for so long and mostly not around civilization, so it's nice to be planted for a while and get back to telling stories again. So, the story that I'm going to tell tonight uh, is a very personal one um, and absolutely terrifying. It's one that I haven't told uh, very many people um, just because it was just so close to me. And uh, it pretty much involves the possession of uh, my father back in... 2011. Uh, so I had made the cross-country journey to, um, you know, move from Philly to Vegas. My dad was to have major surgery done. And at that point, I had been about two years in to my studies with shamanism. So I was just learning the basics, but, you know, had no real concept of spiritual warfare, but I was experiencing my own um, journeys with negative entities, I guess you could say, uh, and that I'm going to save for a different story because that would take forever to tell anyways, but it basically involves... Um, I was pretty much hounded by this demon-like entity um, for about four years. And so it was just beginning to happen to me after I did my two-year apprenticeship with my first shaman teacher and um, when I moved to Vegas to help take care of my dad. So, that was happening at the same time. So, um, but that was kind of put out of my mind because my father had this major surgery and the doctors didn't even think that he would survive. Um, he ended up having three surgeries that were 12 to 14 hours long. He was in ICU for a couple weeks, and I was moved to um, the main hospital. This is at the VA hospital in San Diego. In the meantime, my mom and I, uh, we were staying at a hotel in uh, La Jolla, which was not too far. It was pretty much the closest place we could find to the VA hospital. And so this was uh incident in question happened, um, let's see, I think it was, it might have been Christmas. And so my mom and I were sleeping in the hotel. We had been there a few weeks already. We were pretty emotionally exhausted. Um, I was doing my Reiki, you know, I was doing my self-care and giving my dad Reiki every day, and and sharing it with my mom, and so one night, 
I'm sleeping and I just feel like I'm woken out of a dead sleep with this intense feeling of fear, like something horrible was in the room. I could just feel like it, it was so, the air was so thick with it. It was just absolute fear. And I opened my eyes and I was lying on my side and you know, I was lying on my side and I was facing my mom's bed. And she was in the other bed. And normally I could see her. But when I opened my eyes, there was this black thing lying in bed right next to me, like face to face. I couldn't see through it, so I couldn't see my mom. But I could see, like, the the room over the edge, you know, of this figure. And that's where all the dread and the feelings of dread were coming from. And I snapped my eyes shut real quick. And I just remember like crying out, you know, for, for, you know, Archangel Michael, Jesus, like everybody. I was crying out. And it disappeared. I, I opened my eyes again and I could see my mom. And she was snoring away. And uh, uh, it was just so terrifying. It took me so long to fall back asleep. And even when I did fall back asleep, I just didn't feel right. Something was wrong. So we get up in the morning. I tell my mom about my experience. She says, well, that's really weird. And so we get up. You know, we're up early and get to the hospital. And it was very eerie. It was almost like, you know, what you see in, in, uh, in like the, the horror movies. You know, we walked in and it was Christmas. So, you know, half of the staff wasn't there. And, and we're walking in the hall and the lights are flickering and, and there's nobody in the hallway, and there's Christmas music playing, and we actually, like, laughed to each other, because it was so, like, horror movie set up, and, uh, we get up to the floor where my dad's at, and we walk in, and I just feel that dread again as we're walking in, and we go into the room, and I saw my dad, and he was, like, not my dad. It was the look of intense fear that was on his face. His eyes were wild. And he was screaming about, they're trying to kill you, they're trying to kill you. You know, don't let them touch me, and... He was cursing like crazy, you know, saying the, the F word, like, you know, they're, 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 they're trying to fucking kill you. And it was really, my dad doesn't curse. So there was something definitely, definitely wrong. And my mom was trying to calm him down. And I just like went out to the nurse's station and 
the nurse was telling me that he had woken up in the middle of the night and that he was he just started like screaming like about my mom and I getting murdered and and he thought we were being murdered back at the hotel and and then he was super paranoid thinking that they were going to hurt him and he was fighting them off and it's just not my dad and and they were saying that the explanation was that they had changed his pain medication so maybe he went into a psychosis but you know doing what I do and having the experience that I had that night waking up with that thing in my bed and I said to the nurse what time did this happen all this happen and she said oh it was it was around four and that's the exact time that I had woken up with this thing in my bed so there was definitely something was happening and my dad was like about to witness it or it was definitely influencing him as well and it was just so jarring to me my mom she was such a trooper and she stayed with him and and I, I was just such a mess that I ended up going out to the beach and I was doing some Reiki out there. And it was definitely one of those uh, possession, you know, uh, it was definitely a possession. I didn't learn about spiritual warfare and how to deal with uh, these negative entities until a couple years later. But luckily, since I was doing so much Reiki, I was able to, you know, um, help my father with that. You know, because Reiki can also help clear negative entities as well. So... I guess you could say that that was, you know, part of the beginning of my journey with the spiritual warfare. It's not something that I had discussed about a lot. I didn't really let people know too much that I did that kind of work because, honestly, I would much rather, or at the time, I had much rather preferred working with, you know, the, the healing energy of Reiki and not so much, you know, being in this warrior mode, but I was called to do that. So when you're called to do something, no matter how many times you try to step away from that, you know, you inevitably, inevitably get pulled back in. So, 
you know, my focus became working on my father and then I started working at a, a healing center in town in Vegas. And so I was um, coming across other teachers and that's where I ended up coming into contact with two different teachers who specialize in spiritual warfare. So this whole time that I was on this path, I was getting, I might as well tell the story now. So I was getting, I guess you could say, attacked um, by, I would, I described it as a demon. And it would only happen at night when I would go to sleep. Because during the day, you know, I'm all protected up and I'm doing my meditations and saying my prayers for protection and, and just, you know, being conscious and aware of the light. But when I would go to sleep, no matter how much I protected myself, before I went to sleep, I was, um, this thing was coming in and it was really terrifying at first because it would be the same, same stuff would happen in a dream, but the dream might be slightly different. So, but it would always start and end the same. So the beginning of the dream would be, I would feel like incredible fear and dread, just like I did at the hotel in La Jolla in San Diego. And so I would feel this intense dread and fear, and then I would feel a punch in the back of my neck. And, um, I've heard from actually many different spiritual traditions that say the back of the neck is, um, you know, a vulnerable spot for, for negative entities to attach. And that's kind of why the, I heard that's why the, the Catholic priests wear that collar with the collar, it's like actually functioning as a shield. So I didn't know about all that till years later, but, uh, so I would feel this punch and in the back of my neck, and then I would start convulsing. And the more frightened I was, the more violently I shook. And I remember the very first time it happened and I woke up with my heart pounding. I immediately checked myself for bruises because I thought for sure I was flailing around in the bed, but I wasn't. I was scooted more towards the wall, but I didn't move very far and I didn't hurt anything. So... This would happen, like, on a pretty regular basis. 
at least three or four nights a week. You know, I would get a night off and then it would happen again. And, and you know, in the beginning, I was trying so hard to protect myself before I went to bed. So I, I kept trying different things and working with crystals and making grids under my bed and prayer and but no matter what I did nothing worked and it didn't make sense to me and that's why I felt like I was being tortured I didn't knew I didn't know what was happening I didn't understand why it was happening and I was losing sleep it was getting really hard to sleep and focus. Now, at this time in my life, I was very fearful person. I would drive my son nuts. Um, I always worried about the worst thing that could happen. And it was pretty, it was pretty difficult. You know, if there was a worst-case scenario for anything, I could think of it and um, and be worried about it. And also, I was extremely terrified of the dark, which is kind of funny. And um, so, a as the years went by, this kept going for about four years, I... I guess it was probably like the yet the last year that it it was happening. Um, I started getting little clues. I started getting little clues of how to how to deal with this, and it was almost like I felt like it was teaching me about fear. You know and how to deal with the fear because in the beginning I I noticed that the more fearful I was the worse that um, the possession felt like and I had to learn how to somehow let go of that so little by little, I was learning how, how to, um, how to like fight back, I guess you could say. So it, I went from like being super fearful to calling on, on Jesus. You know, if I called on Jesus, then everything would go bright and it would stop. But it still kept happening. So there was uh, there was something else that I needed to learn. And so um, going on year number four, it was the fourth of July, and and one of my shaman students actually she was one of my first that that came to me and asked me to teach her. And she wasn't really learning about, you know, spiritual warfare. That was, 
she was just in the beginning stages, but, you know, I was her physical teacher, but she was also learning from spirit, so, um, which is how it happens, and how it's supposed to happen, and so she approached me one, one day, and she said, I don't know why I'm asking you this, but I feel like you're supposed to go on vacation with me and my husband. We're going up to Bear Lake in Utah. You want to come? I was like, oh, uh, yeah, that sounds great. And we both laughed about it because, you know, um, it's not like we were great friends or anything. So we just thought it was funny that... Um, she felt so strongly that I had to go, and it was pretty intense what happened when we got there, so we're at the lake, and the first night I'm there, I'm doing, um, I'm drumming, her and I are drumming out by the lake, and so we're in the, in the clearing, and then there's a bunch of reeds that go down to the lake, and we're drumming, and I feel like all the ancestors standing around me or standing around us in a giant circle. But they don't seem very happy. So I'm drumming and I'm just sending love. I'm sending love to the land. I'm sending love and healing to the spirits of the land. And they were all just staring at me. And they were, they were very serious. And I felt like they were trying to see what my intention was, maybe. I find out later that the, the Anasazi were the first um, tribe that peoples that went through there before the, the tribe that's there now or was there. And, uh, so that night, I'm lying in bed, and it happens again. I feel that fear, but this time, it happens when I'm awake. I hadn't fallen asleep yet. I was wide awake, and I felt this fear and this dread. And I felt a punch in the back of my neck. And I started to convulse. And my eyes are open. And I'm fighting and fighting. And I hear this really strong voice. And it says, stop fighting it. You're feeding it. And, you know, what... That's our instinct is to fight. You know, I didn't want to let this thing in. I'm going to fight. But this voice was telling me, don't fight it. You're feeding it. So I completely relaxed my body. And I just totally surrendered. And at that moment, I saw like flame. Um, like a flaming face. So I was on, I was lying on my side and I was staring straight ahead 
at the wall. And there was this flaming face. It was actually... I was terrified at first. Um, the mouth was open, but it was like a lion face. And it looked like it was going to devour me. And... The fear was, like, quick, but then it, like, disappeared real quick. And I realized that's Sekhmet. And she's the lion goddess. She's a protector. And as soon as I made that connection, I saw this dark shadow run past, run past me along the bed. So, like, uh, from my feet like, up to my head, it just ran past me, and it was small, almost like a child shadow that ran past me, and then the, um, the image on the wall faded, so my eyes are completely open this whole time, I am not sleeping, and I'm watching this all go down, and my heart was pounding, and But I felt at peace that whatever was in me, I was able to release by not fighting it. Just, just totally relaxing and not, and not being afraid. Really, just letting go of all fear. Not like giving in to this thing, but just letting go of all fear. And then it wasn't getting what it wanted, so it left. Um, so, I actually fell asleep almost instantly after that, but the whole thing was so bizarre and so exhausting and, and terrifying, and I just fell asleep, and I woke up the next morning, made my coffee, and went out and sat by the lake, and... I I definitely did start crying, and I was like, that's it, I'm done. I'm not doing this shamanism stuff anymore. Um, you know, it, it's, it's done. I'm done. And, but, you know, once again, I was called to do it, so there's no running away from that. And my friend came out, so I explained to her what happened. And, uh, but I didn't tell her about, um, you know, Sekhmet or, or the child shadow that ran past me. Um, yeah, for some reason I, I left that stuff out. I just told her about the attack and just letting go and, letting go of fear, and then it disappearing. So, that night, um, she said, let's drum. We'll drum inside this time. I'm like, all right. So, I sat on one end of the couch, and she sat on the other, and we started drumming. And, I, and as I'm drumming, I feel like myself spiraling down. Like, my, my the beater that I was using was like sliding off my drum, like I was gonna like pass out or something. It was it was very strange. And I kept doing that 
and um, so my friend, she kind of took over the drumming, and and she started doing some work on me. That's how I could tell, you know, because I just was, like, not staying present. I was disappearing, so I could tell she was working on me. And then afterwards, um, we were talking, and and she said there was an attachment at my ankle, um, and that it was uh, like a shapeshifter or something. And she said that when she started drumming, as soon as she cut the attachment, um this being ran in front of her and looked up at her and started laughing. And it was like a, not a child, but a small child size being. And, um, I got chills when she told me that. And I, and that's when I told her about this, uh, child like entity, um, running past me. So, what what we came to the conclusion of why she saw it and none of the other really powerful uh, medicine people that worked on me didn't see it was that it was trying to teach me a lesson. It was trying to teach me a lesson about fear and letting go of fear and not giving any power over to fear which is, you know, kind of appropriate in, in our times right now with everything that's happening and, you know, there's a lot of fear in the air. It's kind of making people act crazy, lashing out and anger and, and you know, this this entity was was teaching me to, you know, let go of that, not feed it. And it was going to keep coming back until I learned, until I learned my lesson. And that is to not give in to fear and not let it literally control you. Um, I have to say that since that evening or since that um, experience, I've only had this thing come back to me one more time. And when it came back to me, um, I just said, oh, it's you. Thank you for your help, but I don't need you right now. And it was gone. And I haven't encountered it since. So, yeah, a lot of times, you know, sometimes things that seem evil, um, you know, might not necessarily be so. Um, they might be teaching us a lesson, whatever that lesson may be, not to fear, not to judge. And, yeah, 
So that's it for my possessions stories. Kind of gives you a little uh, background um, of why I do what I do. And thank you. I'm really glad that I finally shared that both of those stories are are stories that like maybe one or two people know about. Um, and, you know, they're both stories that I've retold in my mind many, many times, and I would like to stop retelling those stories, so I'm grateful that, you know, I can share them with you, and maybe that, that will, uh, take care of the need to keep telling myself those same stories over and over so we can move forward and so yeah thank you and since I'm going to be planted here in New Hampshire for a while so I'll have access to the internet which is great and actually have service um, so I'll be telling more stories and thank you for listening blessings so I wasn't really aware of this actually being a possession, of course, until about a year later. So in the meantime, I was able to help my father out with Reiki. I would give him Reiki every day, which helped him out with his, uh, you know, pain. So he didn't have to take pain medicine as well. And of course, Reiki is is healing energy it's it's energy of the highest vibration so that was able to help clear him a little bit and to keep him protected so that's it for this episode and i do have another possession episode coming up and i will record that within the next day or so and thank you for listening. Blessings. And stay safe.